Welcome to Arpini. This is Saratova Beth, Parshas Nayach, the flood, the spiritual flood, the cleansing, the mikvah, the, and we're in a spiritual flood as we speak before the elections, before everything, the world transitioning, um, learn something really important today, different levels within the ability of a yid to understand truth and and there's a level of aleph and there's a level of pella which is even harder higher than that i'm not going to expand on it but the aleph is really the level of learning a learning a kind of learning that you can kind of understand and pella is a level of 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 understanding truth that's more or less above your capabilities and what we want to do is bring that very high level down into the things that we can understand. And and then it changes the world. So we really have, we have in the Parsha a flood and in the world a flood. There's a spiritual flood going on in these weeks. And it's probably going to be strongest this week because it is the week of the flood. A flood can be a good thing. The old reality is destroyed. Well, that's good. We don't have a reality of the way life has been running, the way the world has been running the past number of months, years, decades, whatever. It's not a very, it's not a very pretty scene. It's a scene, it's a world that needs to be destroyed anyway and start all the way from scratch. So when we're in the week of the model of the flood, and we're in a year when it's an absolute spiritual flood. Everything is being rearranged, redone, reprocessed, repositioned. It's not going to feel very stable. So here in Chelek Aleph, the Sicha, the Rebbe is speaking about that this Mayim's Dainim, I guess angry waters of the flood, really have two characters. They're sort of in two parts. There's the Tahim Rabbah. And what does that mean? Imagine, all of a sudden, the windows of heaven opened up. The great depths opened up, and water sprayed from deep within the earth, sprayed up. And the rubus and the windows of heaven heaven opened up, and and water rained down. And they met each other. And in these waters, these angry, unsettled waters of the flood, you had the window, you had the water coming from the windows of heaven opening up. And from the Daheim Rabbah, also opening up from below. So the truth is, we have that in our lives. That we have the Tahim Rabbah. All the difficulties that we have in our lives, all the challenges that we have as we're opening up to a new reality, it really is divided into two. There's the Tahim Rabbah. I would say probably the deep hidden energies and strengths and kaiches that we have that are way deeper than we're even aware of. And at the same time, the windows of heaven, we're being sent down kaiches that really we feel don't fit us from above, almost like a free gift, sort of. We'll see in a minute. Probably is not a free gift. But we're being sent down gifts from above, both technologically and personally and emotionally and spiritually, and intellectually, it's like the windows of heaven are just opening up and pouring down on us. 
and it's stimulated by the Tahim Rabbah in us, those deep hidden energies and kaichas in us. So here we're going to take it in a simple sense. Tahim Rabbah means all of the challenges that we have in everyday life. The challenges in Parnassa, etc. You know, all the stuff that we have to deal with in everyday life. And what are the windows of heaven? What's that in my life? So we're saying that Tahim Rabbah is parallel to the physical challenges that we have, the practical challenges in everyday life. You know, how do, how do I pay my mortgage? And yet we also have the spiritual challenges, like the, the windows of heaven. Very high things. And very, and you know, dealing with, I would say, what we're dealing with today, you know, in terms of what's going on in the schools and the challenges and the vaccinations and all that, is this just a little, you know, oh, just test the child for a virus by just touching a little Q-tip to his nose. What's the big deal? But the bigger picture is that it implies something very, very big. Something that the generations in Russia were miser nefesh, not to send their children to public schools because they wanted them infused with real truth and not to fall under the subjugation of people that are not in touch with the truth. And it's the same battle today. So those kinds, and, and so there are people who really have to deal with it and have to deal with education and the purity of our children and purity of the generations and hashkafas and all of that, windows of heaven, and they need kaifa sent down from above to help them. And all of these challenges, when you're fighting this war, this spiritual war, it's very intense. And it's true that we need to be involved in public work, but somehow it doesn't need it doesn't need to dress us out okay so we're saying that these two energies that exist in our lives and this is the week to feel them the heaven the windows the the great depths the tahim rabba opens up and it's in many different domains and the windows of heaven open up okay and we said that that means in the positive and in the negative. Of course, we know this refers to the famous Sikha where the Rebbe says that in the year, in the, um, how does it go? Oh, boy. In the year 16, the 1600th year, 600th year of the life of Naya, the famous Sikha, etc. The windows of heaven opened up. That's when the flood began. So essentially, we're talking about now a time, a moment in history when the great depths, everything is breaking up. Everything in the world is breaking up. Look at the political scene. It's just cracking up. And and up is spraying like stuff from inside the mess of the world. It's just like the whole thing is just ex, ex, vomiting out the earth, the earthiness, by the way, um, denoted by a certain a certain individual. The earthiness is just vomiting up it's the whole thing of what it's all about. Now, what do I mean by the earthiness? And I'm going to, this is my thought. Asav is the earthy guy. 
Asav is the the one, the earthy guy, the, the great depths inside the earth. He's the earthy guy. He's out in the fields. That's what, the real Asav. Asav would go out into the field to hunt, to look for, you know, eat, drink, be merry, have a good time, etc. Conquer. Conquer. Conquer whatever he can. Conquer people, conquer, conquer animals, conquer, conquer. This was Asav. And Yaakov Avinu, and Asav was a wild maniac, redhead. And Yaakov Avinu, he sat quietly in the t- tent of, of Tyra, and he learned. So you see that the great hidden depths that spritzed up all their water in the flood and are doing it this week, they're vomiting out the very earthiness of the earth. Who is this happening to? It's happening with Asav. He's the earthy guy. You have two kinds of Asas. You have the Taif Shabbat Asas and the Rasha Asas. You have two people running for the presidency and all the groups around them. And one is they're openly acknowledging that he wants to assist, he wants to assist Yaakov Avinu. And you have another one that is openly acknowledging he doesn't want, he wants to do the opposite. And Asas is fighting with himself. But so Asas is vomiting up from the earthiness, from the Tahim Rabbah, all of his conflicts, who he's been all these all these centuries. And he's vomiting it all out because his ultimate purpose is to be there to merge with Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is the windows of heaven, raining down, pure Kedusha. And Asav is the guy, the earthy guy, the earth vomiting up, spraying up all this earthiness, all this stuff, all the moisture. What's water? Water is pine oak. So the water coming from deep within the earth, the pleasures that come from the earthiness of the of the, of, of life, eat, drink, be merry, have a good time. Asaph is vomiting it all up. He's trying, he's begging to move to a different level, to to clasp hands right midair. The water from above, the water from below, and that becomes a flood. Asaph is begging to hold hands, to grab hands in a handshake with Yaakov Avinu and help him. And that's what the whole presidential election is all about. Will it happen? And 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 when they grab hands, these two, it causes a, a mobble, a complete disruption of the normal order. And so life is insane this week, especially this year, this decade, this, and especially this week. So what, and you can hear it in my voice, so what do we do? And the Eitzah is, for the water of the model, what we just said, the Eitzah for the Tahim Rabbah and the windows of heaven, heaven, of course the Eitzah is, everybody knows, Bo El HaTeva, come into the Teva. Of course the Baal Shem Tov says, Come into the letters, the letters of Tyrant Phila. And coming into the Teva means go into, dive into the letters of Tyrant Phila. Be surrounded by them. Experience their energy. And then it's sure that nothing will send you out of shape because you'll be inside the protective bubble, the sukkah. I guess the question is, what's the difference between a sukkah and a teva? We just came out of a sukkah. And in the days right after sukkahs, 
Rabbi Wolf was talking about how we are still in the week after Sukkot in the Sukkah. And there's insanity going on outside in the world. But we're in the Sukkah. And Hashem is protecting us. And we're safe. And then we can no longer claim we're still in the Sukkah. Everybody took their Sukkah down already. Well, many. But now, we're in the Teva. Whatever the difference would be between the Sukkah and the Teva, similarity is that both of them are telling us we are safe. I mean, in the Sukkah, you have to be Jewish. You're allowed to sit in the Sukkah, but a Sukkah is a mitzvah for Jewish people. And of course, Nayah, when he went into the Teva, he brought all of creation into the Teva with him. So maybe we could say that we've moved forward. Not of first Hashem says, we're going to be alone in an intimate embrace within the sukkah. And you're going to know that I am keeping you safe while you see the world around you insane. And then we'll go through Bracious and Shabbos Bracious. And then we'll come into an energy of the Teva in which you really have the ability to not just save yourself, but to save the whole world in this Teva. It's kind of sukkah that goes on the water. <coughs> and in the rocky waves, the waves going back and forth. And that's what's happening this week. And somehow the, the, the letters of Tyra are that teva, are that ark. And when we jump into them, they keep us safe. And the Nayach Ishtadik the, uh, and he and his family will remain whole. So the stater is, you stand up in the morning, and just on a practical level, you get up in the morning, and before you go into these angry waters, uh, uh, crazy waters of the world, before you go out, we say, and we acknowledge that the life of our neshama and our life is only from Hashem. And then we say, Birchot HaShachar, and we thank Hashem for every detail, and all of the brachas, etc. So here's the question. Who is a Chacham? What is this all about? Who is a Chacham? Ezehu Chacham So we need to be wise to look at this world and figure out, okay, if I just stay in the letters of Tyra, Will I be safe? I guess so. For many reasons. But it also gives us a certain wisdom. So who's wise? He who sees something being born. He who sees the world being born from nothing to something at every moment. He knows that every moment you're stepping into a new, safe Teva. A second before, it looks kind of scary. Oh boy, a new world again. I just got used to the old one. But it says in the Zayar that Rabbi Yese Saba would daven that Hashem should give him food. And even, of course, when the food was in front of him, he would not ask. He would not eat. But he would say the same prayer, the same tefillah. Hashem, please give me food. The food was sitting in front of him. And of course we can ask, 
why are you doing that? And of course, the answer is that every single creation in itself is constantly being created. And the fact that it's there is only because Hashem, with his goodness, decides to create it again and again and again. So therefore, it makes sense that if there's food sitting on the table, ask for food. That was the old food that you see sitting in front of you. If you blink for a second, it's gone. Now you're asking for new food. Two seconds ago, you, there was food there. But really, it's by the time you get your fork to it, it's gone, and you're asking for new food. Um, the other one went back to, you know, nothingness. And therefore, you're asking Hashem. And so when we start, when we face the world and we reach out to Hashem and say, Give, please, provide me with what I need, then we're asking that Hashem should just keep producing a new world and new opportunities and new things. And we understand that the whole existence of the world is only l'chvaydi parasiv. For Hashem. To enhance the glory of Hashem, but in a very bitultic way. And then, once we understand what the world is, the world is just an expression of the glory of Hashem. If that's the case, why not jump into that kind of water? Look at there. There's there's a lake. What's the lake all about? It's just an expression of the glory of Hashem. Well then, one, two, three, jump. That's a great place to go. And therefore, when we're presented with a world and we're afraid to jump in into it, you wake up in the morning like, oh, I can't deal with this. We don't have to be afraid from these waters, these angry, tumultuous waters going on, because the tumultuous waters look scary, but they really are nothing other than the expression of the glory of Hashem. So, what does all of this have to do with the month of Tishrei? And now we enter the month of Cheshvan. You know, here we are, you know, in these Parshias. These Parshias are really um, reflecting what's going on in the world, obviously. Actually, the Parshias don't reflect what's going on in the world. They create what's going on in the world. So, this, this is, you know, this is, a, this is a flood week. And next week is Lech Lecha. And isn't that interesting? What we're being told is that if we're willing to go through this flood, we're going to be safe. You know, somebody got an answer from the Rebbe. It's, there's going to be a scary time that's happening, but the, the Yidden are safe, and, you know, it's, we're, we're going to get through it. It definitely looks very challenging, very like there's no hope. And it's one, a t- one-way ticket to a world, of, a future of total disaster, God forbid. We are in a time now where it looks like, I mean, yeah, everybody knows the vaccine, the, pan, the pandemic, and oh, everybody knows. It looks like, according to the rules, the laws of nature, that we are, because of technology and the ability for mass control through technology and all of that, it doesn't become more simplistic, it becomes more complex. It looks like humanity is on the way to, it's a one-way ticket to, 
a, a spiritual, emotional holocaust that will never end. It's not like, okay, for a while they'll control us and, and, and we'll, they'll change our DNA and they'll do all of this and then, and then everything will settle down. We've come to the end of the, the line. And it turns out that at the end of the line, all of a sudden there's, you know, there's a secret compartment. <laughs> The secret button, and boom, Mashiach jumps out. Kind of. Because we've come to the end of the line. Where are you going to go from here? When you have technology that can be used to control the masses and direct how they think and what they buy and what they feel, and etc. And the technology is here. Then, And we don't want to live that way. What are we going to do? Go back? Everyone will throw away their cell phones, their computers. No one's going to throw it away. We're not going back to simplicity. So the very same technology that has become a monster in our midst that can be used to take away our very freedom will will then turn into something that will be used to enhance our very freedom. Whatever freedom means. I guess we need to know what freedom means. So I'm just going to end off with this. We're speak- Here the Rebbe is speaking in a different sikha about Mesiris Nefesh. Self-sacrifice. What does that mean? That um, that when you go out of yourself, when you go out of your own existence, you know, there we were in the Teva, and in this week, we're being asked to have Mesiris Nefesh now. I mean, there are things going on in the schools. We're being asked to sign for things that are not legally very wise to sign for. And one really needs to read the fine, fine print. And it's a level of mysterious nefesh, of self-sacrifice to say, um, I'm not signing my uh, life and my family away, God forbid, you know, just, right? So this level, we're in a mode of mysterious nefesh. And yet it means it's an invitation at the same time to go outside of oneself, beyond oneself, and one's own existence. And what is the whole point? Of why would Hashem give us opportunities for Messias Nefesh when we come back into ourselves that we feel a person has Messias Nefesh and when he comes back into his life, a person's eating a cheeseburger on Yom Kippur, driving through the neighborhood and all of that and somebody threatens that if he doesn't, you know, kiss the Salem, bow down to the Salem, they'll shoot him and he says, okay, so shoot and is not in any way, shape, or form religious, the next day, and 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 the shooter runs away. is so scared by such a bold energy that he runs away, or whatever. The defunded police come along. <laughs> and when the person goes back into their life, they have a different life. You know, so in a way... You know, when we're, you could say, when we're in the Teva, when we're in this ark, where we're in pure Kedusha, really that parallels having the serious Nefesh, where a person jumps into that aspect of himself, even though he jumps out of himself, but he jumps into a purely holy realm where all he feels is holiness, and all he feels is Hashem. So really he's jumping out of his life, but he's jumping into the bubble of pure holiness. And he's ready to let go of his life in order to maintain his position 
within the purely holy relationship with Hashem. When he later goes back into his life, he passes the test. What's it like? He comes back as a new person. So interestingly, we just came a week ago from the day of Shemini Atzeres. Um, and Shemini Atzeres is, you know, it's often a weekday, but and it's the eighth day. It's very miraculous. And it's really like what we're going through now. You know, a weekday. It's a, you know, Shemini Atzeres this year was, oh, this was Shabbos. But usually, let's say it's a Tuesday. Let's say it's a Tuesday. It's a weekday. It's part of everyday life. We walk out on the street. Everybody's, you know, going shopping, going to work, going in the subway, and we're dancing. And we're, we're, we're straddled between two worlds. This is, this reminds us, when we went into Shemini Yitzharis, by the way, after Sukkot, when Hashem said, it's just you and me, in a very, it's just you and me, in a very private relationship. The rest of the world, the rest of the nations are not, are not allowed into this relationship. That's like being in the ma- being in the middle of the mabel, being in the ark, in, in the teva. When the mabel, when the, the flood, the whole world was churning, flooded, going round and round, being destroyed, being redone, craziness, chaos. Even the mazalas, even the constellations weren't working. Everything just stopped. It just became total chaos. Planned chaos, you know, pandemic. Planned chaos by Hashem. The world became bustle. No more world. Outside, they looked out the windows. I guess there was one window of the teva. The world was gone. And we were shut out of worldly things. There was there were no more worldly things to tempt us. They were gone. You, we were in the place of pure Kedusha. Look out the window. You know, like, oh, wow, that sushi looks good. The sushi was gone. It was just water swishing around, you know, fell in the washing machine. We were in the Teva. It's like when we go into the words of Tyra, the world is still happening all around, but it doesn't. We don't feel the world. We don't feel its pull, and we don't feel its challenges. And it's kind of like you know, being in the table. It's kind of like when we were in the month of Tishrei. We were shut away from the world. We're dancing on the streets, and there, you know, there's. They're busy trying to order things at Macy's and, you know, they're going to work, they're going to work, they're getting on, the, on they're going on the train. We're dancing. We're in shul, we're praying, we're davening, we're begging Hashem for a good year, then we're dancing a whole month. And they're busy going to work. They're in the world. We're in the Teva. That was what, that was Tishrei. It says in Zayar and in Lukutetara, Vatanacha Teva Shvi. And the ark, the teva, actually came to rest after sloshing around for 40 days and 40 nights and even more. In the seventh month, it came to rest. What does that mean? The avaita of the month of Tishrei is the seventh month. 
And the Teva, that holy bubble, just, you know, you know, kind of settled in one place and we walked into it and it was not stormy, not stormy in the month of, of, of Tishrei. It's nice. It's great. It's a, it's, it's a bubble. It's an island. But the whole point is not to stay permanently in a marble, in a flood, in total chaos. But to temporarily go into the Teva and then eventually leave it and go out into the world. And to be with the same energy that we experienced in the Teva. Surrounded by safe, warm, cozy, fuzzy holiness and the relationship with Hashem and holiness. And that's also how we see that the Mabo was in Mikvah. It was the waters of Mikvah. The Rambam says that the Tara, when a person enters the Mikvah, then how long does that, is the, is the purification just while they touch the water? No, the Ramam says, when the person goes out of the water of the mikvah, his purification process is still continuing. Then, it needs to actually be palpable that he was in the mikvah. The person who goes into the mikvah never comes out. Tevila is a bitl. He goes in, ceases to exist. Somebody else comes out of those waters. Same thing. We went into the Teva, the Ark, when there was the flood. We were gone. The world was gone. We were gone. Whoever stepped out of the Teva was a different entity. And we came out into a new entity. It came out to a new world. Ilam Chadesh Ra. We saw a new world. New people, new world. Everything was brand new. The same thing is today. We're being sent into this. We, it seems that we're in a protective teva. It sure doesn't feel like it. It feels like we're bouncing around on the waves of the insanity of the world and the political vicissitudes. And it's as crazy as it gets. And yet, we, if we choose to, jump into the bubble of Tyra, we're going to bounce around, but inside the bubble of Tyra. Inside, it's like we're bouncing around in the political scene. We also go to the polls. We also vote. We also, you know, are dealing with the pandemic and the, and the vaccines and the, and, and the insanity and the government pressure and, 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 and. and crazy, insane, evil plans, and, and. We're bouncing around. But there's an infinite difference between bouncing around alone, outside in the waters, and bouncing around inside the Teva, inside the letters of Tyra. You're still bouncing. But it's an infinitely different way to bounce. Go When we go into the words of Tyra and Philip, the whole point, when we go into the words of Tyra and Philip, is not stop existing when you're learning and davening but rather or that's it you know just learn and daven all day don't ever go to the store 
Don't ever check your email. Just learn and daven all day. That's really not the point. After davening and learning, go out into the world with the energy that was inside your davening and learning. The Baal Shem Tov says that before davening, we're not sure what will be after davening. Who will I be after I finish davening? Baal Shem Tov says, because of Klois and Ephesh, if the experience is really authentic, I'll cease to exist. So who's, who will I be after davening? Well, Five to ten, I am who I think I am. I kind of know myself. Then I daven from ten to ten forty-five. Who will I be at ten forty-five? I don't know. Well, you want to call me at ten forty-five? Well, I can't call you, but whoever comes out of the davening experience will call you. Who will I be? Who will she be? When we come back, come into the world after that, who will we be? And I guess that means that if we come out of this davening a different person and come out of this learning a different person, since we're co-creating the world, the world that we will look at will be a different world. We're not just going back to the old world. Brand new, sparkly person with an old, junky, messed up world. No, 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 no. Because when we learn... When we learn, we're creating the world. Hashem is creating the world. We're co-creating. We come out of our learning and davening. We open our eyes and look at the world. We're co-creating a new world. Friedrich Rebbe once said that Parshas Nayef... Ah, here we go. I've been looking for it. The Friedrich Rebbe once said, uh, 51, 51, I don't see, in... Oh, in... Uh, Bikur, Chicago. I guess when the Friedrich Rebbe was in Chicago in, I don't know if it was 1928, 29, or 1940, I don't know. But when the Friedrich Rebbe was in Chicago, and I guess there's something written about it, the Rebbe said, Parshas Nayach is a Kalim Mutnevach. Parshas Nayach is, I think, a uh, really crazy, maybe depressing, I, I, it's hard to find a dictionary that will have that word. Kale mutne. One word. Kale mutne. It's a weird week. Really, why? I, I, again, I don't know if it means depressing, a funny week, an icky week. Uh, it's definitely all of that. Wild. It's, it's, it's not a great, it's not a fun week. It's not one of your warm, cozy weeks. And in Parshish Lech Lecha, it starts to become happier. So I guess that means that Kalamutna means kind of a depressing week. Because all of this is going on. But Parshas Lechlecha starts to become happier. Because then, in Parshas Lechlecha, Avram Avinu was born. And according to the inner understanding of Lechlecha, Hashem is taking us from the level we're used to to the place where He will take us. And He shows us the advantage of our Nishamas. May Hashem give that all these all these things that may it be may Hashem grant that all these things that now right now seem kalimutna kind of depressing to the for whatever reason is a zayin in geterayin because we're going to go soon in a couple of days into parshas lechacha 
that all these depressing things should become freilach and come down the tuba near Venigla. So we are amen, first of all, amen. So we're in one of the tougher weeks of the year. And yet, and it, again, it's gracious is, is, is week number one of the world. Nayak is week number two and, and Lechlecha is week number three. One, two, and three, you know, it's like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Nobody likes Mondays. And people think they don't like Mondays because you go back to work and they don't like their jobs and they hate their lives and it's too stressed and they have to fight traffic. Yeah, but there's a deeper spiritual reason. That's the, the energy of the number two is a lot of division, a lot of conflict, a lot of it's tough. So we're in that tough week. But it only stays tough at the beginning and it turns into something very joyous. So the joy we could say is that even though around us is total chaos and uproar, and even though we can put ourselves into the words of Tyra and feel safe from the insanity that's going on in the world, at the same time, there's a deeper level to this, that the insanity of the world around us is, it's a mikvah. It's going to turn into, it's a mikvah that is purifying a world that's been, now the world seems insane. Before it seemed normal. It was never normal. The way Esav was living and treating Yaakov Avinu, it was never good. We just got used to it, so we called it normal. Esav is being reprogrammed. Yaakov Avinu is being reprogrammed. Everything is going into chaos, and out of the chaos will come an order, the true order of Gula Mitis Vashlema, when everything settles into a, and keep, will keep resettling and reforming into new patterns of Gula, Pella, on the level of Pella, patterns that we're not used to and seem scary at first, but will, but in truth are patterns of wholeness safety, holiness, nourishing, nurturing, goodness, love, access, warmth, plus, 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 plus. The energy of the Gula Mitzvah and it should be immediately now.